You're listening to Colorado Sportscast Podcast. This is the Mortcast featuring Jeff Morton. Now, here's your host, me. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Podcast Network. I am your host of, as always, Jeff Morton. Uh, Thank you. This is going to be, this is actually pretty uh, narrow in time for me because I believe I recorded my last podcast like three days ago. So, hey, those of you who have been complaining about CSG not being more consistent or at least more frequent, uh... Here's an extra bonus for y'all. Um, I want to cover a couple things, um, and ten, actually at the end of this podcast, I'm going to be answering a couple Twitter questions. I know that's the old uh, podcast trope where you ask for questions and get people in, but I want people to be a little unique for this one. So uh, anyway, my major topic for this is there was a, a big signing uh, to this this week. had nothing to do with the Nuggets. And it had everything to do with the Colorado Rockies, who uh, signed um, Nolan Arenado, their megastar. And at this point, we could basically call Nolan Arenado a a really a megastar in the for what you know what is the uh, Major League Baseball. And I believe that this signing is one of the biggest moments in Colorado sports history. Because in as ever, you know, with without sounding too myopic, the Rockies in stepping outside of themselves, not just in a quote Monfort's are cheap, blah blah blah. I'm not talking about that, but really going the extra mile to commit to uh, Nolan Arenado in a way that wasn't laden with excuses. And I think I think one of the big problems the Monforts have had in uh, their history of since they retained owning control of the uh, Colorado Rockies going back to 2005. One of their biggest issues has been largely that they, they get frightened of their own shadow. Um, There have been, I mean, in, in, in a, in a league where you have to have a great farm system, if you aren't one of the mega teams, uh, look at the Kansas City Royals um, from about two, three years ago. It's just it, you, their ability to go because we're based entirely on their farm system. Well, if you aren't a the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Angels, um, you know all those you know teams that have money to just throw around. Um, you you basically had to rely on the farm system and be smart. Well, what the Nug- no, Nuggets, what the Rockies did in this instance was understand that they had a once in a generation type of player, uh, make a serious financial commitment to them with a three year opt out. Tell them and giving him a no trade cause, basically telling them we're committed. And I think that what, uh, as opposed to the signing of Troy Tulowitzki and uh, Carlos Gonzalez in 2010-ish, um, what was going on then is the what, what happened then and what happened now. There's it's kind of different. They signed Tulowitzki at, uh, and Cargo. I believe it was the year after. Um, they had a great fast start to the 2010 season and then fell off a cliff. 
Tulowitzki was always constantly injured by that point. Uh, Cargo was more of a safe bet, and they signed him at a much lower rate than they did Tulowitzki. Um, but then afterwards, you get all the excuses and, and all that stuff, and it was almost like they were setting themselves up to fail. It seems, I mean, outside of my personal animus and uh, grudge against the Rockies for signing uh, Daniel Murphy, which is something I wrote about on Medium, if you all want to check that out. But outside of that, this was the most positive, best move the Rockies have made in, uh, well, in a long time. And I think this wasn't a, this was, this was an example of being smart with paying, being smart with understanding what you had to pay. And I think that commitment is going to pay off. And uh, it kind of translates to what, what it represents in, like, I'm not going to talk about a Mount Rushmore because that's stupid, but we're going to talk about, you know, the faces of the, of the professional sports teams here in Denver, you know, obviously Nikola Jokic, uh, with the Denver Nuggets, as we've talked about over and over, that doesn't need to be said. I mean, Nikola Jokic is, um, the face of a franchise that needed a face since Carmelo Anthony left in 2011. Uh, he stepped up and became that guy, and it's been much easier for people to glom on and to accept the Nuggets along with their, their success with that. Obviously, Arenado with the uh, Colorado Rockies, who the last two years, uh, was the, it's, it's, you can say, is the most successful two-year stretch in, in team history. Um, you know, 2007 and 2009, with a disappointing 2008 in between those two years. I mean, you could argue that 2007-2009 was more successful because of the World Series, but this is consistent, and you can see the consistency and the build. Uh, and Arenado is obviously the face and the major piece and the guy. He is the guy. Um, I don't know much about hockey, but I'm told that Nathan McKinnon is that for the the Avalanche, a team that has needed a face since Joe Sackick left uh, back in 2008. Uh, he needed that guy. And uh, for those of you who remember that the, when the the – the city of Denver was gifted a ready-made championship team in 1995. They had Sackick, Forsberg, you know, I believe Chris Drury was on that team. It's, it, it was a, or was he not? I don't think Drury was on the team yet. But anyway, um, I, once again, that's my hockey knowledge is off here. So hockey fan, don't come at me here. Um, and with the Broncos, obviously, it's Von Miller. Now, in the NFL, you need a quarterback. And one of the Broncos' biggest problems is the face of their team is uh, a pass rusher, a generational pass rusher, a definite uh, first ballot Hall of Famer uh, who led them to a Super Bowl victory um, three, four years ago. Um, But the problem with that kind of whole thing is that you really, to have sustainable long-term generational um, success in the NFL, you need a quarterback. Uh, defenses tend to be one year, right? Uh, you think of the 85 Chicago Bears. You think of the uh, 2000 uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens. You think of the 2001 uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the 2015 Broncos. All of those teams were just were great defensive teams, but they couldn't sustain it because they didn't have the quarterback. Um, that is basic. I mean, you know, great as much as the 85 Bears are lauded, the Jim McMahon was not a great quarterback. Um, he was 
he had a personality and that kind of carried because that entire team had a personality, but Jim McMahon was not, you know, let's, let's not, let's not overrate, overrate Jim McMahon. Uh, so since the team has been looking for that quarterback, you can't really put much stock in it. Now, obviously Vaughn is the face and deservedly so because he's by far the best player on this team, but they need a quarterback, you know, and you look at the other teams like the avalanche, I think they need some work cause they've, they've, they've probably need to address some flaws from what I hear. Um, the nuggets, really have that ascendancy that you need and that that to go with Jokic as the face of that franchise you don't look at them and say you have fatal flaws you have things that would probably play out over time and things that need to be addressed but they don't have fatal flaws um and same for the Colorado Rockies in general they have seemed to be on the ascendancy now they lost DJ LeMahieu and they lost uh Adam Adovino, and those were two major, major losses. I mean, they don't seem to think that the loss of LeMahieu is going to kill them. But uh, Adovino um, was by far their best guy in the bullpen from the eye test. And I don't know how they are going to compensate with that, you know, even with all that money they spent on the bullpen the previous season. Those guys would need to be far better than they have been, and who knows if they can be. But you have all the faces of the franchises, and it's good to see because it was such. A, that's one of the reasons it was such a good moment because it was you know as of this recording, it was two days ago, two three days ago that this happened, and um, everyone in the state, from what I've seen based on Twitter and radio and all that stuff, has was been it just put everyone in a fantastic mood. Later that night, the Denver Nuggets um, beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, in a great, great game, and which really solidified their hold on the two spot. I believe that put them up four games with uh, basically four games, in, in, I believe, in the loss column and an additional half game because now they own the tiebreaker. And they have a stranglehold on the Northwest Division, which is which is really amazing because their Nuggets division record is quite spectacular. Um, and it's one of those things where it's one of those things where you look at what happened that day and you think, well, how can this get better? Right? How can this go from where we're at now with the Nuggets at bat, 42 and 18. Uh, they're playing tonight against the Utah Jazz at the Pepsi Center. Um, I'm sure there are very few tickets remaining, so if you're going to go get them, go get them. Um, but the 42 and 18, which is of their NBA franchise, it's the best by far mark. Um, you would think, how can they get better from here? And the thing is, they can. Um, Michael Malone said they haven't played their best basketball, and that is 100% true. They haven't. Even against uh, the Thunder when they won that game, uh, they gave up a massive 20-something, uh, just huge run from the third quarter to the uh, midway through the fourth quarter, and uh, it, there was no reason for it. Uh, obviously, Isaiah Thomas is struggling big time. Um Will Barton has been struggling, but he did play very well against the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. There are certain things that you can look at and identify with with this Nuggets team. Only even Jamal Murray has had big ups and downs since he came back from his injury. Um, 
there are things that they could definitely improve on. And it makes you wonder, especially with the coming addition of Michael Porter Jr. I mean, what? this team's just like that trajectory is pointed so far north that it's been a long, long time for us Nuggets fans who have been following this team forever to 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 see, to, to, to have been able to experience something this positive in such a way. And when the Nuggets uh, invested in uh, Tim Connolly, and which is the most important part. I know Michael Malone gets a lot of lauds, uh, uh, um, is lauded quite a bit. He gets, he gets that, and rightfully so. I mean, he is arguably the coach of the year this year. But the guy and the front office team uh, that the Nuggets assembled deserve I think 65% of the credit that, that of what this Nuggets team is right now, other than the fact that, you know, Jokic is there and he, since it's a player's game, he deserves most of it, but they, there's, but it's for this team's development, this, they selected the right players. They hit on draft picks that were low. Um, and they got assembled a team that is working together and not working against each other. And obviously, you know, Malone has done his fair share there, but Tim Connolly, Arturis Karnasovic, uh, Tommy Balchettis, uh, Raffle Juke, uh, 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 Jim Klibanoff, um, uh, Herb Livesey, um, all those guys, um, uh, uh, Ben Tenzer, all those guys deserve d- so much credit for this. And you guys have no idea the, the heavy lifting the Nuggets had to do when they realized with, uh, with I'm sure, some horror how badly the Brian Shaw experiment went awry and how much they had to, and that was 2014, 15 year uh, where they had to adjust mid year and understand, you know, with after, you know, firing of Brian Shaw that the nuggets were going in the wrong direction and they needed to fundamentally alter the team. And through the course of four years, this nuggets team has adjusted. They have, um, they have completely altered the character of this team. And when you think about it, that is a really short time span considering, uh, three years, two years ago, it was 40 wins. Uh, last year it was 46. And right now they're at 42 with 20, let's see, 22 games remaining, right? That's, that's amazing. And it's absolutely amazing. And I, I don't know if you can underestimate the heavy lifting that they did. It's, it's just remarkable. Um, and the Rockies also very similarly, you know, people forget about three, four years ago, the Nuggets or the Rockies were winning 65 to 70 games a year, right. In an 162 game season. And that was bad. It was several years of awful, awful baseball. And Nolan Arenado was part of that. But he, as he built his star, the the Rockies were able to build up around him. And and quite frankly, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kyle Freeland is probably a guy to think as their next. Not maybe this not on a limb, but he's probably the next guy. And the key with Kyle Freeland was he is a local pitcher, and it is so important to get those guys who understand Colorado, people who had to pitch indoors when the winter came around, 
pitched with altitude. All of those guys understand Colorado baseball better than anyone. And that's one of the reasons I think that Kyle Freeland has had such success, uh, specifically last year when he was absolutely dynamite, is he understands how to pitch in Colorado. He understands what pitching in Colorado is about. As his star rises and as Nolan continues to be what Nolan is, those two will lift the team. And uh, baseball largely is an individual sport uh, with individual pitch, uh, with individual positions where people don't always have to work together. You can, if you have two, two, a one position player and a pitcher working together to raise, you know, rising tide lifts all boats, blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you have those two as your cornerstones trying to lift everyone else, everything else becomes easier and, and it applies to every single team out there. And that team building, um, that can be the two rocks there, the foundational pieces. You could build on top of that, and you can build an amazing team. And it's going to be interesting to see this year what the Rockies do because the expectations are no longer, you know, just make the playoffs and squeak in. They, the, the expectations are do some damage. The expectations are get in the playoffs and, you know, do maybe not the miracle of the 2007 team, but get damn close, Right. And that's the expectation. And it's nice to see the Rockies not run away from that like they generally did in the past. Um, that has been so, so important, I think. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how these organizations come back and, and, and continue to develop. Um, the Nuggets and the, uh, the Rockies are really exciting right now. Like I said, I don't know a ton about the Avalanche, but, you know, they, apparently they had a dip during the middle of the year and they're starting to come back a little bit more now. And uh, the Broncos are the Broncos and that's all you're going to get from me on a solo cast on the Broncos. All right, I'm going to go to a final section here. Um, I asked on Twitter, uh, give me um, Nuggets uh, a question or a music question and I got two music questions. Uh, from TJ McBride, he asks, uh, rank... Your all-time rap names. Oh, geez. All-time rap names. Um, I, I liked all of the Bone Thugs uh, names because they were, they were, at the time, pretty quirky. Um, Busy Bone, Lazy Bone, Flesh and Bone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those, guys, those guys really actually, it was, a, it was fun. It was a, and that's part of their group dynamic, which was nice. Uh, that's one of the things that actually appealed to me about them at the time because they they were as a group they it was like a band uh, and you don't get you don't get rap groups like that it's a very individual genre of music um, they were very much a group and uh, they they were they were really cool in that they were able to get that cohesive unity there so that's what if if you're gonna go I think busy probably is the uh, is the best uh, rap nickname I ever ever heard. Um, so, but once again, I'm old, so um, feel free to uh, mock me on Twitter. Um, Omar says, "Can you explain why Party Rock Anthem is still Rocky's half court shot music?" I don't know. Um, I, I, it's a good. I think it's good rule of thumb to say that wherever culture is at a at a moment in time, arena. Hype music is always going to be at least uh, four or five years behind. <laughs> Honestly, it's going to be there. That is, that is, I think that the, the, it's because organizations, I, I think, fundamentally don't understand the world outside of them. 
And I think that sometimes they, they, they stick with something that's working for far too long. Um, some of it may be Rocky's personal taste. Um, some of it may be, um, some of it may be part of the, the world of living disconnected from where the way culture is. I mean, I don't even know, I don't even know if, well, look at it this way. They have to appeal to quote families in there. They want to have as much, um, they want to have as much appeal to kids you know, other than, you know, say like the kid who was sitting half court and touched with Russell Westbrook. By the way, that was a way, that was a huge overreaction to that. Yeah, I, Westbrook did deserve to lecture the kid, but the reaction online, I think, was a, a bit on the overboard side. So I would um, kind of temper that and say, yeah, the kid got a talking to, that should be enough. But the overreaction on online was overreaction. Um, but nine times out of 10, the arena people are going to appeal to try to appeal to kids, um, teenagers and stuff like that. And if, and they can't get too edgy. So the party rock anthem obviously is going to be that one that is just kind of blase and vanilla. Um, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Uh, I wish they would change it up, but it wouldn't be my, my music because as you, as some of you know, who follow me on Twitter, I mean, I'm, my favorite band of all time, all time is the black crows. So you're not going to go up there and and uh, uh, put say remedy uh, <laughs> as your as your song. So I I you know even though I would like I would personally like it, but I would be the only person sitting in Pepe Center who enjoyed it. So it's a hard decision, I know, but uh, it is I think and with sympathy to your question, Omar, I do believe that it's time for the Nuggets or specifically Rocky to retire the Party Rock anthem and get something better. Okay, well, thank you all for joining me. I don't know how long I went this time, but uh, thank you for joining me. I appreciate uh, everyone who listens in, uh, and I will be joining you hopefully relatively soon after this, and uh, Nuggets play Utah tonight. So I'm sure there's a couple tickets remaining, so if you want to go there, go there now. Talk to you later. Adios.